everybody we are back for episode two of welcome to the dog pound featuring myself robbie nelson my main man mike kit and we have two special guests today two of our favorite friends fellow cyclones riley monahan and nick beetle say what's up guys what's up what's up guys <laughs> all right and uh what we're going to talk about today and why we had these guys on is uh we had the new Iowa State uniforms drop, so we thought we'd uh, chat about this a little bit and let you guys listen in. So, Kit, get us started, my man. Man, I uh, wanted to uh, talk about the jerseys, you know, the, the unveiling of the new home away and the alternates, the new black jerseys, which are kind of controversial, and everybody's out there saying we're uh, – not sure where those are going and some of the old school people are not very happy with it so um kind of the new forefront is is changing the uniforms to make sure that we set ourselves out there and get those recruits in that's that's kind of my take on it is is you know i don't know if it's going to create wins but it's going to get better players to create wins so that's ultimately my goal you know i could i could care less if we played in purple like the vikings but if it, if it means wins, that's all good for me. No, no, no. Say what you actually say every time we talk about new uniforms. What do you say? Well, I know the entrance song <laughs> no, was no, no. always, I, I don't care if we came out to the Barney theme song if we win football. Games. I thought you said we would, dr- you didn't care if we dress up as Barney the Dinosaur and came out to the theme song. That, that's both. I, if we dress up as Barney the Dinosaur and go 12-0 and in the <laughs> national title game, I'm all for it. We just got to keep you honest, so. Exactly. All right, so, Riley, why don't you go first? Uh, give us your thoughts on this, uh, your initial thoughts on the new uniforms. Yeah, absolutely, guys. Um, well, first of all, when it was leaked, um, you know, I, I kind of wanted to believe that they were fake, right? And I thought there was a, a hawk troll <laughs> out there getting ready just to, you know, set somebody on fire, get the cycling fans going, but... They actually grew on me, and then I actually, you know, starting to think about a little bit more, a little bit um, for what the recruits like. And as I started to look around Twitter, people were the, the recruits that were tweeting at them were loving them, right? So these kids like these these flashy colors and um, and the kind of new number style. So I'm actually they're really growing on me quite a bit. Uh, the one thing I hope we do is we wear the black ones, and when we go to Iowa City in the fall. Because I think that would just just be awesome to show up on the turf in, in black uniforms there. I don't know what you guys think about that. Just rub it right back in their face? Yes. Yeah, I mean, 
That would be awesome, but there's no way in God's green earth I'd let it happen. Well, you're not wearing the black tops. It would probably be white tops. Oh, you're just talking pants. about black lid, yeah, black, black pants. Lid. Oh, I dig it. Yeah, really stick it to them. <laughs> All right, Bede, why don't you give us uh, your thoughts? I know you're just waiting to drop it on us. <laughs> well, I'm kind of in the same boat as Riley. Right off the bat, you know, when everyone said that uh, – that was a graphic edge, you know, and they had done the stitching and all that stuff. I thought, man, these are, are pretty piss poor. But the more I've looked at them, the more they've grown on me, too. Um, but if you go back, you know, we've had some pretty terrible uniforms. Um, <laughs> and some of my personal favorites, I mean, when I started um, as an Iowa State fan, it was the original Davis era with uh, the Russell, uh, Russell Athletic unis um in media day august 11th 1999 we unveiled the dog bone the the infamous dog bone uniform you love the dog bone the the old eye across i I love the dog (laughs) bone because you know that was my era when i was a young impressionable kid those you know i was a huge iowa state fan and and that's what they wore and um so I, I really liked them, um, but there's a quote in that in a Des Moines Register article from August 11th, 1999, from Dan McCarthy, and it said, "We may not be worth a damn, but we're going to look good." <laughs> and that that's that's what brings it all together for me. I don't care. I'm I you know it's been such a long time since we've had a competitive product on the field. I don't. I don't care what they wear anymore, you know? Um, And so I I think that's what I've come back to. But to me, you know, one other point that I'd like to make on it, I think the uniform, I think what they've done here is the uniform is pretty clean. It's pretty pretty much a blank canvas. It's not messy. And they have a lot of different options that they can do with the helmet, right? Yeah. So let's have a clean black jersey a clean red jersey a clean white jersey we can do a bunch of different decals you know they've got the red the cardinal chrome um to me all black pants and jersey with a straight chrome helmet with a logo black face mask would be off the chain as rob likes to say so to me that that's what it comes back to and in the black you know uh the Steelers wear black. The Hawks wear black. Who, who cares? I mean, if you search, they invented the color search, black. Yeah, I mean, Stanford if you Google search black. college football uniforms, um, you know, Miami will come up. It's their black uniforms. Stanford comes up. It's their black uniform. I mean, everybody's got a black alternate. So um, it's cross America anymore. So that that's my take on it, I guess. Sure, and uh, I mean. Just my two cents is, uh, you know, you know, I love uh, the uniforms, and I, I think I, I like that they went with a clean look. It's just sharp. It's to the point. It doesn't have to be flashy, and that, and the guys dig it, and I think that's that's the most important thing, you know. So, now, but I was gonna say, what would you guys say to the people out there that are like, well, Iowa State shows no consistency in what they wear, like. You'll, you'll you hear some media people are like, well, they have no identity. I- identity. Yeah. Do you, do you say, you know, win first and creates identity, 
or do you say that you know build the identity and stick to one thing and just ride it out good right uh i don't you know i guess i'll take a completely different route i don't think the kids that are 18 year old really care about identity um i think they care about cool jerseys and cool shoes and uh you know and what's on the field so you know what kind of offenses they're running is it a fit their system yeah. so and really all this matters guys is it to the recruits at the end of the day um if you're a fan so it's to my in my opinion to you know some of the programs that are traditional powerhouses yes um, those are always going to be rec- recognizable football programs just by what they wear but i think at iowa state we should all realize that we're not so um and this goes back to me, our conversation last year over our text messages we had and you know jerseys don't equals the wins and losses but to help get the recruits to help get to the wins i think it does help yeah, so that's my take 100 percent agree yep i think if you put iowa state's record on nebraska i think they would have had multiple different uniforms as coaching regimes come in and out as well you know for example i think the the winning in the tradition the uniforms are secondary to that so if you're winning national championships um Michigan, for example, uh, Penn State, a lot of those are very iconic uniforms, but they've also had tremendous tradition on the field as well, which, frankly, we have not, right, or Iowa State has not. So I think that's the difference there, and you're starting to – you're trying to start that um, wipe the slate clean of the the attitudes and, and some of the things that we've had to deal with in the past. Yeah, that's true. Um, For sure. I – I did want to bring up, um, I know something that we talked about, but I am disappointed that we don't have a gold lid. I know Riles has got my back on this. Oh, I love a gold lid. <laughs> I, it, I was bringing up to Rob before about with, with the gold, if you get too much gold in there, you're looking like Ronald McDonald. That's, <laughs> that's something a Hawkeye fan would say. Well, uh, I agree. <laughs> That's the ketchup and and mustard. Yeah, exactly. You just look like you're on a hamburger sitting there with cheese, ketchup, (laughs) mustard. Well, Kit, they chose our colors to be cardinal and gold. So are we just not supposed to wear gold because it looks like hamburger? (laughs) Yeah. Good point. I mean, I just I think the red is iconic. We're the you know we're cardinal bird or. You know, the, the red stands out. So I, I really like to stick to the red, you know, base color. Rob, what do you what do you think about those throwbacks we wore against Iowa? What was that? What year was that when Tony Yell kicked that field goal? The, the, the five um, field goal game? Yeah. That wasn't, that yeah, wasn't I, Tony Yelk. Oh. Um, Shaggy. Shaggy. Yeah. The Red, only Red. time he ever made a field goal in his life, and he decided <laughs> to do it all in the same game. Made five of them. <laughs> Yeah, Anyways. I I love those because that was the where you brought back the beat Iowa ones, right? And they had a gold lid. Yeah, right. Yeah, I'd like to see a flat thing. gold helmet. Yeah, with cyclones across it with the similar jerseys to those. Yeah, something like that. I, in Kit, to be fair and not you know give you crap, I think, I think you're right. Like, it, I get it that it gets very Ronald McDonald like, but I don't know. Is this? Gold's a part of our color scheme, and I wish that that was part of the rotation. Not that they're going to come out in the full gold, you know, t- 
top to bottom. Like they did against Missouri. Yeah. Where that, they were all gold jerseys. And the, you and know pants. what's funny? The players were pumped about that because they did, never had an alternative jersey. Well, that was Paul Rhodes barely, yeah. barely sticking his foot out the door. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I, I'm pumped about it. I, I like, like I said before, you know, this simple, clean look. I think it's a good thing for us. And I did have to put this in here. Um, Beetle, I am finally coming around to iState logo being icon or like giving us an identity. I know we've went round and round about how I hate the logo, but I think it's sharp and it works for us now. But you like the stencil one now. Oh, the stencil one's baller, man. So that a, that's, what's turn, that's what's turned your tie. <laughs> What'd you say, babe? <laughs> I can't wait to debate playing paying players. I'm gonna get Rob on oh, my team. That's not for today. We'll do that no, a different time. I, I totally agree on the stencil because you know I don't think like the uh, the white helmet has the pop all the colors in the logo yet. I think the white helmet with a black stencil with the black uniforms and all that would be really cool. Yeah, I do too. Um, Kit, didn't you have some uh, some more stuff for us about uh, your favorite uh, brand? Well, I mean, we could go back to Russell Athletic, like Beetle said, back from the, the his glory days of the two thousands, and inst- instead of sticking with this Nike stuff, I'm sure Russell's Athletic's still out there, isn't it? Oh yeah, well Georgia Tech still has them through this year, I believe. Really? Yeah. So. Power Five School, watch out! What do we got for us? Get get Beetle all riled up about that. <laughs> yeah, I thought you were going to give us some uh, some facts about Russell Athletic uh, here. I don't think there's enough facts about him. <laughs> <laughs> do you think our high school jerseys are Russell? I thought they were Wilson. Wilson, that's what they're they were. Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> you think they still make football jerseys? Ours were Russell. I can vouch for that. Ours were Russell. <laughs> See, we you were, were, you were sticking we were with an iconic the lower, brand. The, the lower rung of the Western Iowa Conference. <laughs> um, so I did have a question for you guys. Before these uniforms came out, what was your favorite uniform that we wore? So you could just say, like, the period they wore it in or whatever um, in football. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, Beetle would be the dog bones, right? Yeah, I mean that era. I mean, right after the two thousand era, they went more and they got rid of some of the navy off of there. Like I think in like two thousand three or our third st- uh, school color navy. Yeah, exactly. Once they got rid of the navy off of those <laughs> dog bones, they were a little bit better. Yeah. Well, but, in I disagree. Oh. <laughs> Those are the Chiefs. Those are Chiefs uniforms with the white face mask. Those are terrible. <laughs> the, they would have been like the Brett Meyer era probably was when. Like, it was like 03 to 06 they had. Like Austin Flynn, yeah. Brett Meyer era. Before Chiswick. Chiswick. Yep. Beatles' favorite coach. <laughs> Just because he ate McDonald's next to him. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. We were basically uh, Chiswick's best friends in the game, so. We were. We were ten feet away. <laughs> what would be yours, Riles? 
That's tough. Uh, I was a big fan of the Dog Bones as well. Um, I wasn't necessarily an Iowa State fan at that time, but um, I would say uh, those. I, mean, I liked some of the alternates we pulled out last year. Um, I, I kind of dug the gray uniforms. I know you guys may not. Um, I kind of thought those were kind of flashy and cool. Um, also, really dig the last year's Akron game uh, with, with the white stencil or the the stencil oh, yeah. on the helmets. That was really cool, kind of icy white combo. Um, but otherwise, yeah, probably the dog bones. But I, I never really cared for the the USC like stripe on the shoulder pads in the last iteration. Yeah, I think that's my favorite part of this new uniform combination is that we don't look like that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just something different. Yeah, too. yeah. Yep. Um, I I thought for sure somebody was going to bring up uh, Troy Davis era with the just plain red with the white pants. And the ISU just yeah. looked like kind of like a Nike swoosh kind of yeah. thing to it. <laughs> yeah. First of all, it wasn't plain red, Rob. There was a there was a design on the sleeve. Yeah. Right? So so don't don't forget that. Oh yeah, yeah. it said uh, ISU on the sleeve, didn't it? Yeah. Well, and, and it had kind of a diamond uh, pattern. Uh, I'm sure Dan drew it up himself. You know, when they were <laughs> working with Russell to put those together. <laughs> but my, my favorite, I really like the Jack Trice throwbacks. Um, oh yeah. Which I don't remember what game that was. It might have been Iowa. It was. Yeah, it was uh, 2012. Could have right. been. Those are cool. Yeah. I, and along with Riley, I like the all whites. Um, wore those a number of times with the white helmet and the white pants and the white jersey. Those yeah. were those were pretty. They look clean. It was just a clean look. And uh, those are probably some of my favorite. I, I like the dog bone, you know, because uh, – Takes me back to the you know the Insight Bowl and Jermaine Phillips and all that, but uh, yeah. the the Nike you know getting us into the Nike and the Under Armour era of stuff that you could wear. Like when I was in high school, everybody else you know all the uh, Nebraska fans were wearing Adidas crap, and you know everybody had all this Nike gear, and you know you're just not as proud of that Russell uh, uh, or Wilson insignia. <laughs> <laughs> on that on that gear right so uh, the starter jackets were cool but they went out you know so now all this nike gear i think that has a lot to do the cooler the stuff that your fans can buy uh, you know i think that has an influence um in growing your fan base as well so getting us on the nike train has been a big or or a major you know um, a major outfitter has been big to try and grow the grow the fan base and and solidify brand a little bit. I, I think when they had Russell and Wilson, they were probably still paying for their jerseys compared to getting paid by Nike now, right? <laughs> I had I had a fake Marcus Pfizer jersey that was printed at the Strawberry Patch in the mall in Ames. What was that thing made I mean, that's out of? How, like... That's how bad some of that stuff was. <laughs> you can license it to anybody, and they'd be willing to print it. That's right. Well, I mean, and that's the amazing thing now, too, is that our athletic department's just so completely different than it was back then that we can have, the, you know, this Nike relationship because we actually have fans now and make money. <laughs> yeah. Now, going back to the black jerseys, I know they're, they're basically just white and black. Do you think they could have added 
an accent mark within the jerseys, like kept the logo on the pants, uh, like the Iowa State uh, emblem, but still have the cardinal and gold in it, or even added like the trim of the numbers in a, you know, a red or a yellow to give it that accent punch instead of just being straight white black. Hmm. From from what I understand, the staff, the current staff, hates the yellow, or the gold, or whatever you want to, whatever you want to call it. So I think they tried to steer away from that as much as possible. Um, the black uniforms do have a little bit of accent stuff on the sleeves, you know, and then the white Iowa State or I State logo on the hip. But um, again, to me, let the helmet be your contrast. Let the helmet be the you know, the flare piece or whatever, and mm-hmm. keep the, you know, they look like just black and white. That's clean. And it's nice contrast. I think it's um, silver on there, though, like the outline and stuff. Yeah, it's got a little bit of it's silver. It's like a dark gray. Yeah. 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 And, you know, historically, that was one of our very first school colors. I don't know if that's why they have that, but I think that'd be cool if it was. And did you see on the back of the black helmet they had the Loyal Sons Forever True on it? I think that's a cool ah. thing to add on there. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Because you look at, like, Stanford, like, with their black jerseys, they stick with basically just the black and white, but then they still have, you know, an accent color with it. Now, I do agree that the, like, very rarely, maybe two or three times a year will we wear all white, all red, or all black. It'll be a combination of all of them that's ultimately going to, you know, we may wear the black helmet, red top, white pants, you know, for a home game or something. So I don't think it's going to be, you know, purely sticking to one color. It's just how the photos, you know, described it, except for maybe a couple times a year. I think they'll wear the all black for a game. I, yeah. I really do. It'll I just probably don't think be a big it'll game be consistently home, every game will be, you know, if they have a blackout or something where they try to get, you know, all those jerseys, yeah, you know, yeah. everybody to do it. But ultimately, I just don't think it's going to be consistently wearing the same thing over and over again. The, the coaching staff and the players like to mix it up and, you know, keep a different jersey and pants and helmet on the the – the back burner. Yeah, that's true. Question for you guys. Uh, not to open another can of worms, but uh, do you think the bugle will be back this year? <laughs> I think so. Yeah, they've been. They keep trying to shove that down our throats. Like well, the problem with it is, is they lost. If they would have won with it, no, they would have used it. Again. <laughs> that's a trash logo, and you know it. <laughs> it's the terrible. wrestling team uses it. They, yeah, they gave it trash to the wrestling team, team use it. They the, had wrestling all, team the wrestling hit, team seriously. had it all over their things in the in the in the winter. That's probably Every, why they're not winning. <laughs> I saw it on sale at the Marlhead Mall for like ten bucks on clothes. Well <laughs> <laughs> what it comes back to is that, you know, they spent the money to create this as our secondary logo and that's why they're gonna keep pushing it. I and even though all of us, including myself, want the 80s style Cyclone to come back as our secondary logo. I don't think they will because they literally paid somebody to create this logo. 
I thought they brought a bunch of kids in from Fellows Elementary. <laughs> let, let them draw? To draw that. Uh, our old stopping ground speed. <laughs> That's right. Not in a weird way, people. <laughs> but I think it'll personally be back at some point. Yeah, I do too. I think, I think when they put it on the white helmet, it'll actually look kind of sharp. I the, think it just looked weird on the, the red on the, red. Yeah, the red on red. I don't know, but <laughs> do you think it comes back, Riley? I do. Um, I don't really have any rhyme or reason, but uh, yeah, I think they're going to bring it back. I don't know what. I'm probably back with the red unis. Um, the other thing, I, I hope they keep the color schemes consistent with just the red and red, black and white and white. I don't want to see this different colored pants. I I hated that. I yeah. hated the white tops and red pants. Man, I don't know about you guys, but it drove me nuts. Yeah, I, I'm on. I'm on the other side of that. I, I like the contrast, so I would like to see, like in Iowa City, like you said, or somewhere on the road, a black top, white jersey, and black pants. I think that'd look sweet. I think you stick to two colors. So if you go your your helmet as one color and match your pants, and then your top's different, that's fine. But I, a few years ago, when they played at Oklahoma State, they went. Like gray pants, white top, red helmet, and it's just way too many colors at that point. But I like—I mean, Beetle, like you said, if you just stick to the the two colors, the top and or the the lid and the pants match, it's a lot better. I wouldn't mind a chrome helmet. Oh yeah, that'd be that'd be awesome. <clears throat> yeah, I. I like the chrome helmet a lot. I, I hope that they uh, keep that in the rotation quite a bit, you know. So Baylors are amazing. Yeah. They could even put the uh, the bugle on the chrome helmet if they stick to just a stencil. That might be better, too. Yeah. yeah. Well, I saw on Twitter um, the equipment guys, they took a picture of a bunch of the decals. It looked like they had a gold stencil I-State I logo. So I wonder if they could put that like on the red helmet or something. That'd look kind of cool. Stand out. Yeah. I doubt it'd go on the black helmet. <laughs> <laughs> um. Just quickly, I uh, I popped up Hawkeye Nation because I saw this the other day. They're on their forum about talking about this. I gotta read some gems on here and <laughs> see yes. what you guys think. They're too, they're too mad about little brother taking. Oh the yeah, I mean most of them are like, oh, copy the Hawks again. <laughs> but uh, um, uh, well, just the first one here. That's like that. Those black unis do look a little bit too much like our unis versus Ohio State last season. Not huh? even close, huh? <laughs> like, just because they're both black? Okay, bro. <laughs> wow. Uh. Tavern Hawks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you guys get some some spare time, you should read through these. I just I was laughing because I'm like Jesus. Um, uh, the black uniform just shows what Campbell knows, and that there that is there. He can't even spell. School colors are embarrassingly bad. There's nothing that he can do to spruce them up. Other than elim- eliminate them slowly. First step, black uniforms. What's that even mean? Stack it, step, add a, <laughs> a Hawkeye logo to the side. Is that what they're trying to say? 
Yeah. Oh, th- and this one's good, too. Uh, God, I'm glad that my team has an iconic, classy, understated, yet instantly <laughs> re- recognizable <laughs> logo that doesn't need six colors or any of the following. Block letters, cartoon characters, feathers, airbrush work, fake carbon f- fiber or glitter. Hold on, kid. Teams like Iowa, Michigan, Alabama, and Notre Dame, Texas, <laughs> and so on. Regardless of how good or bad they are, got their shit together design-wise a long time ago. Keep it simple. I'd like to uh, rename those groups and say, what what team is not like the other? <laughs> That's oh, oh, man. There's just gold like this on here, so I just thought you guys would think it's funny. That, that is great. Um, we could but, have a whole other hour about this. Yeah, <laughs> It's just great that basically the Hawkeyes ripped off the Pittsburgh Steelers for their iconic logo. So, I mean... To be fair, though, Hayden Fry basically said he did that, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, they can't sit there and go, well, people take our, you know, have no right to take our, you know, color from us. It's It's... If you're copying it, you're doing the same thing everybody else did in the past somewhat. Unless you're Yeah. You know some random school that had no thing, but mm. I mean, you're gonna copy something somebody else took unless you initiated it right away. Yeah. Well, I think uh Drill Brock and Brees Hall tend to like the, the flashier uniform, so I'll take that any day. Oh yeah. And, I mean, that's like we were talking about earlier. You know, that's the most important thing is that, you know, studs like that like it. Yep. As long as it keeps the recruits talking and, you know, can can get them on campus, and that's the most important thing. It's, it's definitely helping with 18-year-old kids compared to the 60-year-old Iowa State fan that hasn't got a new shirt since 2001. They're still, <laughs> still all – all navy blue. I mean, the, the athletic department doesn't care about that guy. Just win, just win. That yep. the winning solves everything, and yep. no one will care after that. I mean, if we go out and knock off Oklahoma, uh, third game of the year at home in the all black, people will be begging for the all black, and they'll forget about not having the gold and the red and all that crap. So just win, win games. Yep. Sounds like a little bit like Al Davis there. Just win, baby. <laughs> yeah. hey, it's a good ma- win, mantra baby. to have, you know. Just win. And like you said, beat. I, I think that's important. Is uh, you know these people that are making fun of us come from programs where they have history. We don't. And until we do, and we start winning, they're always gonna you know try to poke holes at us for the stupidest of the reasons. So we start winning, we can wear whatever the hell we want. You can wear Barney suits out there, like it said. <laughs> As far as I'm concerned, the bugle should go with the Barney suit. <laughs> Get rid of that. That is terrible. Now, I, I if, we beat, if we beat Texas with that, you probably would be more on the 50-50 side of it. <laughs> no. no. No, the bugle okay. is terrible. Should have sent it away with Jacob Park. A tornado is a menacing, destructive force of nature. That looks like a bugle. A bugle is a overrated snack food, right? Whoa. You wouldn't call it a bugle if it looked better than that. Those are terrible. We Pump the brakes on calling out bugles, man. Those are a little, a little corn tasty, chip for you. tasty road 
road trip snack right you're, there. You're producing those out in your field, Beetle. <laughs> I know, they are overrated in oh, terms of, that is, that in terms of snacks. Man. Not even, that's, I'm, I can't believe that. Put them in a little Chex Mix, they're good. Yeah. You, Chex you're Mix talking, is you're talking about a snack. <laughs> <and literally crap. laughs> and watered down pretzels is terrible. I, I, I'm not going to get on a soapbox on this. You're, you're just pissing on our parade. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Kit. <laughs> Are you sorry, though? It doesn't sound like it. Uh, Get rid of the pret the pretzels. I mean, oh, come on. Are we are we going into a snack mix uh, conversation here? <laughs> Probably my field of expertise, unfortunately. <laughs> it sounds like it is. <laughs> <laughs> Food ne- critic, ne- snack mix, Beetle. Ne- next yeah, episode, have Beetle rank next- his top ten snacks. Ooh, I like it. We can play that game. <laughs> next episode. Right. Yeah, that means you gotta eat some uh, salty snacks this week and uh, get back to us on it. That won't be much of a change from my regular schedule, so <laughs> I'll uh, I'll take some notes. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, do we have anything else we wanted to touch on here, Kit? I, I that's all I got. Anything else from uh, you two? Thanks for I having us on, so. guys. It's been a lot of fun. I really enjoyed uh, episode one, so I'm looking forward to hearing yeah. episode two. Good. And, Absolutely, uh, guys. And we'll we'll have you guys on again. Um, I'm thinking maybe towards the season and have a yeah preview, preview, preview football season. preview, kind of talk about that stuff. So, and of course we'll play a game like top ten snacks or something. So. Yeah. We, we'll get Beatles already got his list made probably just in the last <laughs> five minutes. <laughs> You know he's got his hand some pretzels I'm right ri- now. I'm writing this. I'm working on a bag of combos, and I'm writing <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah, this was fun, guys. Uh, I appreciate you coming on. So, all right. Well, we are done with that section, and when we come back, Kit and myself will be on Kit's Corner. And, Kit, what are we going to talk about? Uh, we're going to talk about our favorite seasons of all time from the NFL, the NBA, MLB, college football, college basketball, and then an other section uh, of your, basically your favorite season of all time and and of your lifetime, I should say. Okay, cool. Well, I'm looking forward to it. All right, guys, thanks for being on, and uh, we'll be back. Hi, this is Pete Taylor. The crowd on its feet. I've seen it all today. Cyclones are going to win their second Big 12 championship outright. That's going to do it. Here comes the team. Here comes the fans. And there go the goalposts. Iowa State has upset Nebraska. Two seconds. One second. Iowa State's on the way to the final 16 in the country. 62-69 over the fifth-ranked Michigan Wolverines. This one's over. Iowa State has won 17-14 and maybe the biggest game since the series was resumed in 1977. What a game. 42 seconds to Tinsley. Drives up. Good! He's fouled. The basket counts. Jamal Tinsley putting on a clinic. Brown goes around to the 10, to the left side, to the 5, touchdown!
And we are back to welcome to the dog pound for our always favorite section, Kit's Corner. And Kit, what do we have today for the corner? Yeah, as you know, I kind of explained before, I wanted to go into kind of during our lifetime, our favorite moment or season for, you know, professional sports and college uh, athletics that we really enjoyed like it our whole season we were on the edge of the seat or a certain series we're on uh that really took us and like molded us and that's our favorite you know memory of these you know sports so you know wanted to kind of get into the nfl nba mlb you know college football college basketball and i kind of threw an an other in there so if you're you know a nascar fan or you know have another sport that you have interest in they that kind of drew you in you know maybe olympic sport or you know the olympics and might be able to you know kind of follow along and be like that's what i remember and we'll give our list kit loves the olympics that's probably why he brought it up that that's true (laughs) so the first one i wanted to go with was starting with the nfl and my nfl probably favorite moment or season was the 2004 season when Peyton broke Dan Marino's 48 touchdowns in a season with him having 49. Um, It was the second MVP season, um, but it was, you know, the Dan Marino record hadn't been broken for, I think, 21 years at that point. Yeah, he would have said it in 1984. Four, so 20 years, yep. So at that point, it was, you know, something where – I was on the edge of my seat the entire season watching, you know, Peyton throw touchdown passes and and break that record at towards the end of the season. Now, ultimately, you know, Tom did break the record and Peyton came back and rebroke it later on. But I remember that season really had me on the edge of my seat. And plus, he was on my fantasy team. So it was a great season. (laughs) Was that the first year we played fantasy? I think so. Yeah, because it was it would have been our... We had just graduated high school, and we, uh, yeah, we we're freshmen in college, and yep. we had the the Yahoo Fantasy, still going strong too, by the way. The auto draft league. Auto auto draft league. So you auto drafted Peyton. Yep. <laughs> yeah, uh, I remember that well too. Uh, I was always very, I always like like the history of the league and like when records get broken and stuff. So, I. Uh, what would be yours? Yeah, so mine is actually two years after that. So I'm a Bears fan, as most of everybody knows. They went to the Super Bowl that year versus Peyton. Peyton. <laughs> um, what was great about that year is, like, Devin Hester was returning a bunch of kicks, um, which was really exciting. The defense was out of this world, and they went 13-3. and Led by Erlacher. Ur- yeah, Erlacher, Lance Briggs, uh on the back end, they had uh, – um, Was Peanut on that yeah, team? Yeah, Peanut Tillman. Um, and, like, Tommy Harris was uh, still, like, a relevant D-tackle. Like, they were just unreal. Like, just 
it, it got you excited. But the problem with that season was sexy Rexy Grossman. Yep. One game he would look like Peyton Manning, throw four touchdowns. You're like, this guy's incredible. Next game would be four picks and two fumbles, and he threw for 100 yards. And they would still win they because would, their defense. They would win like 13 to 10 or something. But so one of the most underrated running backs of all time, I think, Thomas Jones was on the Bears team that year, and they ended up getting rid of him. And I was super mad about it because he really kind of carried that offense. Because obviously Rex wasn't. So they make it to the Super Bowl. I'm super excited. I'm like, finally get to see one in my lifetime because the last time they won, I wasn't even born yet. Yeah. It was a couple months before I was born. So um, so we uh, we have this game against Peyton. It's in Miami. Raining. It's raining. It's just a sloppy game. But Devin Hester returns the you know, kickoff for a touchdown. I was, like, I was like, oh, man, it's happening. But Rex played terrible. And, like, they were still in the game, but – couldn't beat Kitts, Peyton, Manning, and the Colts. And uh, I was like, well, that's fine. They're going to get back. Nope. Yep. <laughs> I haven't been back. They did go to the NFC Championship in 2010, but, you know, Jay Cutler sucks too. So <laughs> <laughs> so that's mine. Uh, the, the next league that I was going to go with was the NBA. And the NBA is not a season league to me. Like, I can't hang – like just watching one team through the entire season. Well, I mean, it's just a long, long season. 82 yeah. games is a lot. It's a lot. So ultimately, like my remembrance of the 98 NBA playoffs was when it finished with the Bulls beating the Jazz. But the Jazz actually had the better re- – they had a tied record, I should say, but they won the head-to-head. Yep. you know through the season so they had home court advantage and I remember the you know the Jazz struggled a little bit in round one the Bulls just swept all the way through yep or not all the way through all the first two rounds they just uh, walked over them and then they had a battle with Reggie Miller and the Pacers and I you know I was always kind of a Pacers fan so well, I I mean like Reggie to, Miller fan well it's true <laughs> And I wanted to see the Pacers beat the Bulls that year. And they didn't. It was a seven-game series, and the Bulls ended up going on, and they even beat the Jazz. Uh, But I remember just watching, like, every game from that 98 season and not missing it because I loved watching John Stockton, Carl Malone, uh, Jeff Hornacek, you know, the Pacers play. And I just wanted them to upset the Bulls a year so the Bulls couldn't get their, their three-peat. So, yeah. Yeah. That, uh, yeah, that was an incredible year. And the Jazz, I always felt bad for them because they were – They had good teams. They were the second-best team in the league, and they just couldn't get over the hump. So. Yep. Um, mine actually uh, revolves around the Bulls. Um, and, no, it wasn't the MJ era. It was – the 2010-11 Bulls season. This was the year that Derrick Rose broke out. He was the MVP, and Joe Kim Noah was still good, and he was like all NBA defensive team. And I was so locked into their playoffs because I was like, I think they might be able to get past uh, the Heat because this is you know when LeBron was there, and they made the conference finals, but just couldn't get over the hump. But you know, Derrick Rose won the MVP, so I'm like, oh, man, the Bulls are back. Nope. <laughs> Next year, 
tears his ACL. Um, Just and, on the injury bug the yeah, entire Yeah, and he was never the same. So, But I was so dialed into those playoffs, man. Like, And that's and that's the thing about the NBA, and I think that's what you're getting at too. It's such a long season that the best part is, you know, a- April when they're getting ready for the playoffs because there's still that final push, and then the actual playoffs because it's like it's, it's almost a, whole, a different league. It's yeah. a whole new season. Yeah. Like, they could literally get half the season for the regular season and just call that, you know, good and go to the playoffs. Yes, yeah. The, I mean, the NBA, I mean, it's still good, but the playoffs just three times as much as a regular season game. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but, yeah, that, that's my season. Um, there's moments, and I know I'm kind of cheating by – adding more since I was only supposed to pick one. But like, your honorable mentions. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, what was that, two seasons ago when Westbrook was trying to average the triple-double? Triple I was really dialed into that because I thought it was a really cool thing. And then he did it the next year. You know, He just does it again. <laughs> he just does Nobody it Nobody does it since Oscar Robinson. Yeah, which, I mean, we weren't in a live for, so I, I really wanted to see that. But And, I mean, he's kind of a stat stuffer. You know, but Pat, it's still incredible. Patting his rebounds. Yeah, but it's still incredible to see. And, I, yeah. and that was really cool. All right, what's next? So the next one was finishing out the professional sports, going with the, the MLB. And this one is in another individual season that I went with, was the 2008 season when Chipper Jones was flirting – with 400 for about half the season. I I remember I would check box scores, any game I could watch to see, you know, how it went. Uh, you know, he basically, after till after the All-Star break, he was over 400. Mm-hmm. And now he finished with, you know, 364, which is still amazing compa- compared to hitters today when – the league leaders batting, you know, 320. It yeah. was, you know, a ways up there. So that, you know, that 364, which was only one one hundredth or one one thousandth, actually, of the all-time record of switch hitter batting average in a season, which was held by Mickey Mantle. Oh, sure. So, you know, with Chipper being one of my favorite players of all time, like him – him flirting with that 400 since it hasn't been done since Ted Williams, yep. you know, basically before World War II, <laughs> uh, you know, it was just something that, you know, stood out to me. And I, you know, I, he was, wa- I was watching him, you know, every chance I could, could to, to see if he was going to take off. So, yeah, that's kind of my MLB season that I really stuck to. Well, that's a good one, and, you know, everybody that knows Mike knows that he loves Chipper Jones. He's yeah. wearing an Atlanta Braves shirt as we speak, yep. so <laughs> it doesn't surprise me at all. And that, that was really cool. I, I remember that, that season well, like, because that would have been amazing to see him get to 400 because, like you said. It's not done. Yeah, we've never seen it in person, yep. you know, so. Um, I'm going to kind of cheat with mine again. I kind of have to because as a Cubs fan, it'd feel weird not to say – the World Series season because it finally happened. I literally never thought I would see it in my lifetime. And I, I, I ate my words with that with yeah. my bet I made. Yeah, so. paid all in pennies. So, <laughs> yeah. So, so, some background for the people that don't know. Um, 
Mike made a bet with our friend Jordan Boak about the Cubs making the World Series and winning it within winning the it next like five fifteen feet. years or fifteen 10 years. years or something. And like two years after we make this bet, they win it. So in spite he paid how much was it? A hundred dollars. Hundred dollars almost all in pennies. <laughs> Because that's my kit for you. Yes. Make it as difficult <laughs> yeah. as possible. Yeah. So, in just a few quick hits on that World Series season, like, it was the the process that, you know, is famous now. Everybody calls it the process, you know, like tanking to get good. They, you know, did that and, you know, got draft picks, you know, made some uh, – Shrewd trades, new, and new finally, ownership probably yeah, helping too. Yeah, you know, you get you get Theo in, and he changes the culture because you know the Cubs are called the lovable losers, yep. and they were finally like, all right, we need to build something here. And it finally, it it almost came the year before in 2015 when they made the NLCS versus the Mets, but they weren't ready yet. But 2016, it finally happened, and I watched it. I went to Principal Park with Stacia, and. It was, it was actually incredible to watch it there because there were so many fans just to watch it on the big screen. It was cold out, and you're watching it with, with yeah, diehards too. Yeah, and it was just cool because like everybody was as excited as I was to finally see it happen. So, um, in my honorable mention, well, it might be my favorite actually over that season, even with the Cubs winning, is in 1998 when. Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire were just going back and forth on home runs. And plus it was a Cub in it, too. Yeah, so yeah. And I was a big helps. Sammy fan. You know, yeah. I mean, any Cubs fan was at that time. Yeah, they were both juicing. I don't care. It was awesome to watch them just crush the ball. Like, and like you were doing in 2008, I was checking box scores to see, like, how many home runs they have. I, I'd read, because, you know, pre-internet, basically. Yep. <laughs> I would read the newspaper every day because um, I was delivering it the Des Moines Register, so we got it at home. So I would look at box scores. I'm like, oh, man, Sammy's ahead now. No, Mark's ahead now. So, I mean, as a 12-year-old kid, you're just really excited about that. I remember that season, my brother lived in Kansas City, and the Royals were playing the Cardinals in a series, and we ended up going to a game. And right when we showed up, they – put up the starting lineups and that day and Mark McGuire took a day off and literally I go well Mark McGuire's not playing today the guy turned around to me and goes what turn stands up walks out of the stadium because he wanted to see Mark McGuire play and he, he ended up seeing like I had broke the news to him and I probably ruined that guy's day but it didn't see him the rest of it so so he seriously got up and left yeah what was it like the first inning no, it was or before the game started. It was before the game started, they post the lineups. Oh, up on the so screen. So he could have, yeah, he could have pinch hit or something. Yeah, but it literally, I think, ruined that guy's day. <laughs> like if just a twelve-year-old breaking a fifty-man-year-old's <laughs> day because he just wanted to see Mark McGuire play. Oh, that's funny. I wonder how much his ticket was. Uh, probably with the rolls back then, it wasn't much. But. Yeah. Well, our, as our friends uh, Nick Brun and. Uh, uh, Brad Hansen, no, they they used to be able to get into Royals games when they were bad for like ten bucks, yep, and actually sit close. So, um, all right, now we're going to move into the college sports. Um, start with college football, and like 
you know, like you said, there was a couple ones I debated here. I could have went with, you know, Iowa State's, you know, eight and five season last year because, yeah. you know, attending all the home games and, you know, watching them all on TV was really, you know, re- I mean, we haven't won eight games in a long time. Actually, in our adult life, we haven't. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I really wanted to go back to the 2000 season was the year they went nine and three and finished in the top 25. Um, they ended up winning the inside.com bowl, but, and be- this was back before, you know, maybe half the games were on TV and yeah. even those halves, you didn't get the channel because yep. it was Fox sports network or something. Yeah, you had to have like a special dish package or exactly. whatever. Exactly. Yep. So, I remember that season it was turning into Pete Taylor on the radio. Listening to, you know, Pete, mm-hmm. you know, was yeah, he was a legend. Like it's, you know, with him being gone, it's I mean, you love John Walters, but yeah. You know, Pete had that nostalgia of you know, just Iowa State athletics and, you know, listening to basically over the half the games on the radio and, you know, listening to the, or watching the coaches show on Sunday night, just to see highlights. I mean, just to see the wins and man, it was a great season, you know, led by, you know, Sage Rosenfeld and, you know, when Billups took that punt return back against, you know, Pittsburgh in the bowl game, it was just finally the you know the relief of actually having a winning program and this is where you know the jerseys go into it is it's like you know finally you're you're getting some you know winning in a you know what can you consistently do to win football games and you know it doesn't matter about jerseys no it's about you know getting the players that can consistently do that so That was, you know, probably, you know, my favorite college football season that, you know, really held me, you know, my my most enjoyable season at that point, you know, watching. Well, yeah, and, and you, you know, remember it fondly. And like you said, like, Pete was such a legend on, on the radio, you know, and back then that's how you had to get your games in. And, yep. uh, yeah, it's crazy how different it is now. But, yep. um Mine's also an Iowa State season, you know, since we're both alums and both uh, have season tickets. And uh, mine actually is the 2009 season. It was my last year in school, and Chiswick is gone. (laughs) And uh, I thought we were going to be terrible. And to see those guys turn it around and have a bowl season, and I get to watch with my best friends in the student section – was incredible you know and even though you know my feelings on Paul Rhodes it was it was awesome to have that enthusiasm back because Chiswick really did a number on my Iowa State fandom (laughs) yeah because you know Paul Rhodes put people in the seats with his his enthusiasm like you said at least you know he wasn't him and his staff weren't putting the best product on the field or anything like that but they, he cared. Was, he, they cared about yeah. iowa state yeah. and yeah you can't fault him for not trying or anything like that it's just it was tough and but they still packed jack yep 
So it was it was some, and and credit to Jamie Pollard because yeah. he's a great marketer with some of that things. Uh, but yeah, it was a a great you know finally seeing fifty to sixty thousand on a consistent basis where. You know, even the 2000s when they had their best season, they were probably only getting 40,000 people on average. So. Well, that was actually my second thing I was going to talk about. This is actually sad <laughs> at the end, but um, 2004, it's our freshman year, yep. you know, and I am excited because we're playing Missouri in the final game to go to the Big 12 championship because we can win the North. Guess how many people were there? 40,000. It was like that. 40. It, it was probably less than that, but I think reported it was 40. Yep. In a 50, what, 5,000 at that time stadium. And, like, nobody was excited. I was excited. I was like, my first year in school, we might go to the Big yep. 12 title game. And then, you know, we lose in heartbreak, and I basically cry in the second row of the student section. But, <laughs> but I mean, you're exactly right. Like, that's, that's why 09 will always hold a special place in my heart is because I felt like, that's when fans turned around like because like even you know Chiswick area yeah we changed the logo we have this new coach but nobody still showed up 07 08 because we were awful and Chiswick didn't care yeah and you finally got a little bit better alumni base because you know people weren't coming back for games now you start to people are making it uh you know, a priority to make it to games on mm-hmm. Saturdays where it was always the secondary thing if we could make it. So yeah. now it's more primary, you know, selling it out, filling it up, yep. kind of kind of program now. At least it's, you know, in the Big 12, it's a people don't want to come to Jack Trice as much anymore. Mm-hmm. Whereas back in the day it was, yeah, it felt like you were playing at a neutral field. Yeah, I yeah. totally agree with that. And that's that's why I feel that way. So, all right, what's next? Perfect. Now we're you know stick to the college sports and go to college basketball. And you know being you know Iowa State again, you know it's gonna being alums, it's it's gonna fall right in that category. And I don't know if we'll duplicate up on this one, but probably, the, uh, <laughs> probably, yeah. It's it's the Elite Eight team from two thousand. The 99, yep, Pfizer, Tinsley, um, you know, playing Michigan State in that Elite Eight. and and Should have won. Yeah. (laughs) Giving them that probably their toughest game of the entire tournament, and they eventually go on to be national titleists. Um, But that season, I mean, 32-5, and finished sixth in the nation in the final poll. Um, I mean – at the beginning of the season, you had no clue what this team was going to do. They weren't even – I think they were picked, like, ninth in the Big 12. or that Big sounds right. Something, you know, very low. And, you know, all of a sudden, you know, Pfizer goes off and you got some talent with Tinsley and Horton and Michael Nurse. Um, they, they basically just took, you know, kind of a ragtag team and made an actual team and, you know, made a run at a Final Four. Um, I remember, you know, that they won big, a Big 12 title. Yep. They won the, the Big 12, 12 title and, and the, the tournament, tournament title. Yep. Uh, I remember watching that entire Big 12 tournament because oh, yeah. they were always, yeah, because that was 
that that weekend before the selection Sunday. So it was, you know, remember them playing Oklahoma to win the title. Mm-hmm. It's just very memorable in my mind. Yeah, actually, um, that's not what I was going to go with. Really? So we'll, we'll have a different one. But it that season was incredible. I, I think people didn't realize how good Tinsley was going to be. Like, Pfizer was a McDonald's All-American, so yep. you knew he was going to be good at some point. But like, but still, you weren't sure, sure because yeah. he didn't have that great a season. season. Yeah, that's true. You know, that's, that, the but previous years, but he was good. It's he just, became a man that year. Yep. <laughs> That's why he went. It was a top five draft pick, even though he wasn't a good NBA player. But people saw that. So, um, mine actually is a recent one: um, the fourteen fifteen season when you and I and Brune got to go to the Big Twelve uh, conference tournament, which they won. We got to see in person, and specifically the Texas game in the first round, where we got to see Monte Morris hit the game winning shot and. and- and the the top of the sprint center, center was yeah. shaking. Yeah, it was one of the loudest moments I've ever got to experience in person, and it was this incredible like moment that I'm here with you know my best friends, and we see this shot, and it was just it was nuts. It was yeah. completely nuts, and the season was great too because you knew that team was talented, and they didn't lead until he made they that shot, yeah. which was even That's, crazy. Yeah. yeah, and then to watch him beat Kansas in the the conference final. Yeah which is always satisfying, you know, <laughs> especially like in Kansas city, it's supposed to be their town and, you know, we just take over on it. Yeah. And it was just, and nothing beats power and light yeah. during the big 12 tournament. Yeah, and it's just a massive cyclone <laughs> fans down there. It's just, that's why they call it Hilton South. Um, and I mean, the season itself was great too. You know, you had, you know, Monte Morris coming into his own, you know, George was getting better and better. And it just, it was awesome. And my honorable mentions actually the year before. With DeAndre King. Because you know my love for DeAndre King. Because that dude was a a man. (laughs) And Melvin Edgem finally, I mean, he was always a glue guy. But he finally became the The dude because he won Big 12. Player of the year. Player of the year, yeah. Yeah. And I got to see his uh, 48-point performance against TCU where it was just basically lob dunks the whole game. Um, And it's just incredible, like these basically when Fred took over to now even with Prom how much more exciting basketball basketball is, is. like I actually because like when I was in school um like my first year it was still good because like they went to the tournament but after that and like when McDermott took over I didn't even watch the games on TV it wasn't exciting yeah because I was anymore. like we're gonna either lose or it's gonna be 50 to 48 and it's gonna yep. be terrible so Fred kind of saved my basketball fandom, and I've always appreciated that. Yep. Uh, Good so, old Hoy ball. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that, that would be mine. Gotcha. Now, I don't know if Rob knows where I'm going with this one. Yeah, I'm actually very excited to hear what this is. That's why I wanted to save It's going to be Olympics. It's got to be Olympics. So, my my other one is still sticking with Iowa State, though. And we're oh, going, it's going to be wrestling. We're going to the wrestling <laughs> team. Now, it's going to be Kale Sanderson's senior year on his run for his fourth NCAA title and his undefeated career at, at 159. So was that 04? Was his um, last year? I think his last year was 2002. 
I think it was 99. I'm going to fetch it. Yeah, so I think it's 99, 2000, 2001, and 2002. Um, He won it in Albany, New York. But I remember that season. I think I went up to like four or five duels at Hilton. And, you know, it had that for for that time that place was packed we were, they had probably average of 9 to 10,000 people at those those dual meets and you know watching all these on uh TV on IPTV they 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 were the ones covering wrestling back then That's right. so um Tim Johnson you know was was taking it all in and I I remember just being locked in on that season now you know he ultimately you know took took his coaching career to penn state and now he's really you know reaping the reward there after being at iowa state so that kind of leaves it a little salty but you know as an athlete that's still you know still remembrance in my head and i you know hold that in very high regard yeah absolutely and i mean it it is kind of incredible you know how good you know he was and just never to have an off night yeah. never to you know be sick get you know get caught in a weird position and and beat he 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 was ultimate the ultimate college wrestler yeah and i and i know some cyclone fans are still you know bitter about him leaving to go to penn state but um i think he should always be honored because He's it was an incredible athlete, and even though I'm a huge wrestling fan, I can appreciate that. Yep. Um. <laughs> oh man. Well, I got. I got uh, my fun one for the other is uh, during my coaching career with uh, Nick Beadle and Fellows Elementary that we uh, mentioned earlier. We uh, we coached third and fourth grade flag football. Uh, Beatles, a head coach. I was offensive coordinator, and our friend Andrew Grable was uh, defensive coordinator. And uh, we were very dominant. And uh, I had a high flying offense. Kids were great. And uh, they pick it up really well. And, like, even though we didn't keep score, it, uh, <laughs> the kids knew. And they knew how good we were. So. I'm thinking that Beetle and I should have some sort of statue out outside by the playground. I'm not sure. Is this your fellow's elementary comment before? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but I did want to mention for another, since I just went to the championship, the Barnstormers IFL season this year. Uh, IFL hooked, champs hooked out of six your, teams. Hooked on your seat for the, all those? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I did go to two games this year. Did you One, get your season tickets for next year lined up already? <laughs> You'd be what? surprised how hardcore those season ticket holders are, man. They like tailgate even. But, I mean, it was, to be fair, it was really cool to go to the championship. Like, I know it's basically middle school football, but, like, it was it was fun. It was like seeing an actual yeah. confetti come down. Yeah. And, yeah it's, like, celebrate championship. I'm sure being there you know yeah. definitely makes it more pleasing if i mean if you were just watching it from home you'd be like oh excited yeah. but <laughs> well it's hard to get dialed in especially i had this lady sitting next to me that didn't understand the rules at all so she kept asking me random questions i'm like i don't even know you <laughs> but she heard me telling stacia so 
so she, she got her information from someone yeah. who probably knew. Yeah, and just a quick another other since we didn't do one, but NHL like I got really into when the Blackhawks are winning the Stanley Cup since I'm basically a Chicago sports fan, and those are always a lot of fun to watch because playoff hockey's just like NBA, where it's almost a completely different game. It's very yep. exciting. So this is why hockey. A lot of, you don't see the one seeds win it a lot. It's a lot more teams that are hot going into the playoffs. Yeah, end up doing I mean, the eight games. seeds yeah. won before, you yeah. know. So it's it's a lot different than the NBA where if you have, you know, LeBron, you're going to go to the finals. Yeah. Like in hockey, it's more And you more play more based. lines. You, yeah. play, you play more it's teams, exactly. It's all about exactly. that and if your goalie is playing well or not, you know. Yeah. So it's actually almost a better product for the playoffs because it's not like – NBA where it's like fixed now where it's like Golden State's going to be the West representative and when LeBron was in the East he was going to be the East representative but yep. you yeah. could pencil them in pretty, <laughs> or pen them in even yeah. pretty hard so. but hockey even this last season you could have saw five or six teams that you're like they could probably make the Stanley Cup you know yep. so alright perfect so yeah that's kind of you know, the sports aspect that I wanted to go with, with, you know, Kit's Corner and kind of, you know, just kind of give you an idea of what, you know, our favorite seasons were like that, that had us on the couch watching every game or, you know, really had us dialed in. So what do we have for a kit fact today? Our kit fact. So, uh, you know, last time, you know, I kind of, you know, went with the state of Iowa and, and, you know, our pork production. And introduced us to the greatest unit of measurement of all time, pigs per person. Exactly. Um, I don't have one that kind of represents Iowa or anything like that. This one was more, more of just an interesting fact that I had never known. Uh, recently in 2017, um, researchers found on Seymour Island in Antarctica, uh, they found bones that were 37 to 40 million years old. Now, what really makes it interesting with these bones is they found an extinct kind of penguin that is six feet tall. And possibly could have weighed 250 pounds. Which, to put it in, that, in, in an aspect of the emperor penguin, the emperor penguin is four feet tall and weighs anywhere from 50 to 100 pounds. So you're looking at a human-sized penguin millions of years ago. It's kind of, you know, yeah. it's very interesting. So that penguin could have crushed the emperor penguin. Yeah. Wow. But, you know, it's it's just an extinct penguin that, you know, researchers found their bones and very formidable size and weight to a human that, you know, it's just a very interesting fact. Yeah, that's uh, that's crazy. So, got, you got your penguin fact for the day. <laughs> well, you know that I enjoy penguins so i i do appreciate that so all right we got anything else for the fine folks today or are we gonna wrap it up i think we're gonna wrap it up all right well 
it was a fun episode two. Um, I hope everybody enjoyed our uniform talk with our with our guys and uh, Kit's Corner. So um, we're on Twitter. Give them the handle, Kit. It's uh, welcome to the dog pound. So that's welcome, and then D A W P, or I'm sorry, D A W G P U or P D P N D. Hopefully you got that figured out. Yeah. Yeah. So, search welcome to the dog pound. Yeah. You you, you'll find it. You'll find it. Um, yeah. So if you got any ideas for us or you, you want to hear about something or hell, if you even just want to jump on with us, uh, reach out to us on Twitter or get a hold of us uh, for the next time. So. All right. Perfect. Well, Thank you. All right. We are out and we'll. Be with you guys next time on Welcome to the Dog Pound. Who? After the party, it's yeah. the Waffle House. Uh-huh. If you ever been here, you know what I'm talking yeah. about. Uh-huh. Where people don't dance, all they do is yeah. this. Uh-huh. And after the this original, you the know remix. what it is. Welcome to it's it, remix. It had to go down. I got something else to tell you about the new Motown. Oh, Where people don't visit, they move out here. And ain't no telling who you might see up in Lenox Square. Yeah. I don't know about you, but I miss the Freak Nick. Cause that's when my city used to be real sick. People from other cities used to drive for miles. Just to come and get a taste of this ATL. MVP, most ballin' player Make my own moves, call me the mayor Monday night, you know things change with time Magic City back looking like 89 All my homies on the south side up in the Ritz Tuesday night, the velvet room, same shit Wednesday, strokers, I don't go no more Cause they don't know how to treat you when you come through the door Thursday night, was push, but we moved the fuel And I be up in the booth, drunk, acting the fool Friday night, at Kaya, they still got love And the shark bar be popping like it's a nightclub Saturday still off the heezy for sheezy You can find me up in one tweezy Sunday, getting me some sleep I'm on my way to the deck to hit jazz and tease Holla Hey yo, I'm from New York, man Representing NYC to the fullest Got some killer Heads be ducking in New York, be bustin' Take that